0: Good day, everyone. It's um, Kieran Russell here from the Foreign Exchange Corporate Desk, and uh, I'm joined today by Chris Brand from our Spot and Forward Trading Desk. We were meant to be also joined by our chief economist, Phil Shaw, but unfortunately, he's been double booked at the last minute. However, good news is that we are still going to be able to get his thoughts on the market. Rather fortuitously, Phil spoke at an economic webinar this morning. So what we've decided to do is just pull in an excerpt from Phil's discussion so that you can be brought up to speed with the latest views from our economics desk. Without further ado, let's cut straight to Phil's speech then, um, after which I will pick Chris's brains on the current state of play in the currency market.
1: So let's begin on the economics and uh, the COVID situation in the UK. And it's over a year since we began to learn about the COVID crisis. And in terms of the numbers globally, um there um, have been 97 million reported cases uh, and over 2 million deaths. Um, and in the UK, I think we're now in the third week. It's difficult to keep track, isn't it? But I think it's the third week of what effectively is our third lockdown. Most recently, the figures show that the surge in daily UK infections late last year has started to go into reverse. So that's obviously good news. Um, And and that actually applies to the numbers on a world basis as well. And I'll just make a few economic related points. To begin with, our reading is that the downturn in daily cases indicates that the, the lockdowns are actually working. And, you know, perhaps given the timings, of the reduction in the infections that perhaps the tier four restrictions were actually bringing cases down, albeit too slowly. It'll be interesting to to hear Professor Barrett and his views on that. But one of the issues affecting the economy is that that the current lockdown may need to last a while, given what appears to be the greater transmissibility of several new COVID variants. Uh, We've got a review from the government on the 15th of February, I think it is. And that may not result in much, if any, change in current conditions. Now, there is talk about Easter being a key date um, to to unlock the conditions. Um, Don't know if that's the case, but I have looked it up. Unfortunately, we've got an early Easter rather than it happening at the end of April. So there's a little bit of hope there. Um, Second point is that the economies seem to have adapted um, since March, April last year. Recently, the survey numbers which come out of Europe in general have held up relatively well, given widespread lockdown conditions in in numerous countries. And if you look at the UK picture specifically, GDP in November fell by 2.6 percent month on month um, over the lockdown period. Now, compare that with earlier in the year. GDP fell by 19% in April, 7% in March. Um, So why have we got a more modest decline this time? And I think, you know, one is that, you know, if a sector is closed anyway, then tightening restrictions isn't going to make a huge amount of difference. But um, it's also seems to be the case that the economy is coping a little bit better with social restrictions than it was last year um, or earlier in the year. Um, Retailers, for example, do seem to have... um, got better at their online offerings uh, we do think that the economy will contract over the first three months of this year i think that's virtually inevitable but as far as the fourth quarter of last year is concerned you know, we're aware of the view that the gdp probably rose a touch um, in q4 compared with q3 so you know on the basis that we get some unwinding of the restrictions over the spring uh, we don't think we're going to get two successive uh GDP declines over successive quarters, and you know, for those who watch this thing, that means that the UK um, will not probably have gone through a double dip recession. Another point is that manufacturing um, is doing okay, and that's been helped by an upturn in the global economy more widely. Uh, major contributor here is Asia, and it's quite interesting if you if you look at the social restrictions in East Asia, they are pretty modest compared with Europe. And um, amid tiny infection rates, so if you if you take Japan specifically, um, its case rate per capita, daily case rate, is about one twentieth of what it is in the UK. Of course, the, the great game changer we hope will be the the vaccine, um, that will help out help to snuff out transmission, allowing the um, relaxation of the social restrictions and raising confidence, improving spending, and the government's been criticised. For the poor handling of the pandemic, though I think internationally it's not on its own here. But one thing it does appear to have got right is vaccination, um, first on pre ordering large amounts of vaccine and and also um, rolling out a fast inoculation programme. And um, interesting stat, we've got, um, I think, 4.6 million people having been vaccinated at least once so far. And that now exceeds the the number of recorded COVID cases in the UK, which is 3.5 million. When does life um, get back to normal? And again, that, that's something which uh, I expect Mike will, will give a view on. Um, I guess it partly depends on how many variants of the COVID virus emerge internationally, how serious they are. Um, one view I do hear reasonably frequently is um, that governments are becoming averse to reopening economies and shutting them down again to contain the virus. So, you know, there seems to be a debate Um, In policymaking circles, uh, banning international travel or at least having an Australasian style um, hotel quarantine period for people that arrive into the country. So the idea is then that when cases and hospitalizations are low, you can open up the domestic economy. Now, whether the government's inclined to do that, I guess, um, remains to be seen. On the U.S. and stepping away from the virus for, for, for a minute or two, I thought I'd make a few points um, following Joe Biden's inauguration yesterday. Um, so a couple of points on politics, a couple on economics. And and as, as you probably know, on the 5th of January, the Democrats won two runoff elections for the U.S. Senate, both in Georgia, um, pretty narrow, though slightly greater majority than, than Biden gained in November there. The balance in the Senate is now 50 50. And the U.S. Senate rules are that if you've got a tied vote, then that tie is broken by the vice president. So what that means is that um, Kamala Harris has the casting vote, uh, which gives the Democrats control a bit narrowly of the chamber. Now, a point which isn't widely Advertised is that Democrats actually lost ground um, in the House of Representatives in the November elections and they only actually have a majority of 10. Now, that is actually the narrowest majority for any party uh, in the House um, for about 20 years. Um, You've got finely balanced numbers, therefore, in both chambers and the Democrats arguably... Are vulnerable to rebellions on the left of their party in the House um, as well. So, the logical conclusion, I, I think, from the overall political makeup is that there's got to be a degree of bipartisanship across the aisle to get policies through. And, you know, with respect to Donald Trump's trial in the Senate, I don't really know where that leaves things. Would the numbers stack up for a conviction? Because you need a, a two thirds majority for a conviction. Um, and Therefore, that would require 17 Republican senators to vote with 50 Democrats, but and also we don't know how hard the Democrats will push that. So lots of question marks there. But on the economic side, by far the biggest change will be fiscal policy. It was almost under the radar that uh, the previous administration got a nine hundred billion dollar stimulus package through right at the end of last year. Um, Was it necessary? If you look at recent trends in the U.S. economy, the labor market was weakening towards the end of 2020. We've actually had three consecutive monthly declines in retail sales um, as well um, in the fourth quarter last year. So from that perspective, then continuing unemployment insurance was essential and um, the the $600 stimulus checks helpful as well. And arguably, you know, the passing of that package was responsible for at least some of the equity market rally that we saw at the turn of the year. Now, last Friday, Biden published his fiscal plans. Uh, they will include a $1.9 trillion package addressing the pandemic response, relief to families, which will include a $1,400 uh, stimulus check top up, uh, also. Uh, relief to small businesses and communities. And the idea, I believe, is to get this through quickly. Further measures will will follow in due course, though, um, perhaps in February. Now, listening to the incoming Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who, of course, most of us will remember as uh, a previous Fed Chair, um, she left us in very little doubt the other day that the administration plans to act big on fiscal policy and that there will be another um, spending stimulus due perhaps coupled with some tax increases but the emphasis very very much on big stimulus and you know as i mentioned the numbers in the senate and the house where of course the legislation needs to pass um very tight so it's going to be difficult for biden to do anything that's too too radical and some elements of his proposals may well not get through but the big picture is fiscal policy is very supportive um to the u.s economy and indeed the global economy and arguably also to you no know, global risk assets as well um, as far as the u.s economy is concerned to give you an idea of comparison our benchmark is that we don't see the the uk economy regaining its pre-pandemic size i.e q4 2019 gdp levels until mid 2022. in the u.s by comparison uh, we see that being reached in the third quarter of this year. So that gives you an idea of of, of relativities there. Um, so overall, yeah, we, we see US fiscal policy playing a major part in, in, in the narrative for the world
0: economy and, and markets this year. Good day, Chris. How are you?
2: Uh, very well, thank you. Geroen, how are you?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. If I remember, the last time we did one of these podcasts together, Spurs were going to win the league and Arsenal were going to get relegated. So... I'm not going to pick your thoughts on that, but I'm certainly the happier of the some two. Some things haven't changed, in my opinion. <laughs> um, we'll park the football chat to one side, um, and I just wanted to pick up on on where things are, certainly from a trader's point of view. Um, you know, we've heard um, the update from Phil. There are a couple of things that stood out to me that I think we should touch on, and obviously it would be good to also wrap up and get get your views on some of the technicals as well. But first and foremost, um, you know, Phil did mention the double dip recession potentially as something that certainly our economists don't feel will happen. I mean, UK GDP did fall 2.6% in November, but that was much less than earlier in 2020. Um, You know, retail sales have been, have certainly been better and prompted, or propped up rather by uh, online sales. Um, So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think, and are you hearing from the street that, you know, um, they share the sentiment with Phil's, Phil's team on that?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think we're looking at comments that the Bank of England have made this week and the Governor Bailey was um talking yesterday yesterday, I believe, talking about how the UK economy has adapted to these lockdowns um a lot better. And so the the effects that we've seen previously um where hit the economy quite hard have somewhat diminished. And you've also had How Dane talking about Q2 recovery, um, with the fact that you have the vaccine being rolled out. And with that, hopefully lockdown will start to ease. And so he was very um, optimistic and very positive um, in terms of the market recovery. So it does seem that we will get this um, big boost as the vaccine rolls out and furlough ends. Hopefully there won't be as many job losses as people would thought, And we might see a decent um, boost to the UK economy. One of the other things I've noticed, I read a Bloomberg article this week talking about the amount of um, savings the UK has managed to, have over the last 12 months and there's been a real big build out of the um, amount of money on deposits um, so it seems like there is cash to spend as and when lockdown uh, ends so we will see um, obviously a lot of people going out and spending you know, the social spending that we have but also maybe some big ticket items that people have been putting off um, with the job security being uncertain so as we lift and as we go ahead, um, it does seem like we'll be get a decent boost
0: to the economy as people start spending money again. Well, let's um, certainly hope so. It's it's uh, it's clearly been a traumatic time for many, and um, you know, just going into a, th- a third lockdown in a, in the in the middle of the winter is uh, has been pretty depressing for so many people, especially with the weather just not being able to show us much sunshine at all. Um, but um, one good bit of news is that we have begun to see a recovery in the pound. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you think this is to do with the vaccination rollout? Um, obviously, if you were to just purely look at the uh, COVID death count and the fact that, you know, yesterday, well, yesterday was what was it, 1,820 deaths, which was the record set and, you know, the weekly average death count per capita last week, I believe, was the worst or the highest in the whole world. So the government has come in for a lot of stick on the on the COVID strategy till now. But one thing we can can certainly um, say is that we are um, streets ahead of a large number of countries in the world um, on, on the vaccine rollout. And I think, um, you know, is that the reason potentially for why we're seeing this rally in the pound?
2: Uh, Largely, yes. I mean, if you look at against the dollar, what you're seeing is one positive news on the vaccine front um, in two ways. One, the UK is doing quite well. Also, this movement out of the safe haven flow of the dollar. So we're seeing a shift out of the dollar into um, a lot of EM currencies as well. Um, And we're seeing that also in the dollar index dropping back towards 90. I think at the start of the week, it was like around 91. So we're going back to that 90 level for the dollar index. So, it is a general dollar weakness as that money shifts from the safe haven of the dollar. But when we look at Euro sterling, we're seeing a, a double edge there, really. We're seeing the, um, the Eurozone really lagging behind on the vaccine rollout. Um, there are more lockdowns in Germany and looking at tight restrictions. And we're seeing this constantly play out over most of Europe and this slow um, rollout of vaccine really shows up against euro sterling um, and we've seen that really with sterling euro breaking above 112.85 in recent days Um, i'm not sure if you remember but this is quite a key level we've been looking at where it's um i think it tried to trade up there around six times and failed and this week we finally seen the breakthrough and we're currently trading around 113 so it isn't flying through but we're certainly seeing some disparity between the um, euro weakness and sterling strength at the moment
0: indeed and i did, did uh, see that hover around that one twelve eighty five mark for quite a while um and in a similar light you know sort of sterling dollar the, um you know hover in in the high one thirty sixes it took a little, little bit of taking to get through one thirty seven um just to to change uh over to the change the focus over to the dollar um and and let's you know there's been obviously the, the biggest news of the week has been the fact that we now have uh new leadership in uh, in washington d c um Donald Trump has uh, officially gone off to lower his golf handicap. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to get your views, certainly, on on the dollar and, in particular, the U.S. fiscal stimulus package of um, $1.9 trillion. And, of course, Janet Yellen, um, who is the new Treasury Se- Secretary, in her, her recent speech, which really backed up this big spending plan, saying now's the time to, 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 to spend um, and to help people in, in need is this good for the dollar um are we going to see uh, further weakness there um what are your thoughts on on the on the changing of guard in america
2: yeah i mean i think um you know i think everyone's um a bit more comfortable with Biden in charge in the fact that um, the rhetoric that comes out of the us is going to be a bit more um tamed as it were And we won't be looking for Twitter for our headlines as much, which is um, nice for all of us. And it's a bit tricky. I mean, they've still got to push this bill through. Um, It isn't quite done yet. And you know, it will spur growth. You know, it it will be um, you know good for the U.S. economy. um, This money being pumped into the system uh, in increasing sort of GDP and things like that. So um, it is quite interesting. And also the fact that Yellen, when she made her speech this week. She was still in favour of a strong dollar. There wasn't any comments of, like, um, you know, maybe wanting a slightly weaker dollar. I mean, it might be the case that they wouldn't mind a weaker dollar at the moment, but I don't think you see any big changes in terms of the overall strong dollar policy that the US has held for many years. Yeah,
0: I'd go along with that. I think, you know, it certainly will be... Um, in terms of the spending plan and, and the fiscal stimulus package, um, you know, very supportive for the US economy and probably the global economy at large and for risk appetite. So, you know, from my point of view, I think um, there is scope for further dollar weakness on that um, front. And uh, if we were to kind of, you know, just caveat that by saying, you know, nothing ever moves up in a straight line, right? So for for those who are dollar buyers and sellers against the pound, just just be... Weary of um technicals on the top side i think also you've got to look at uh the fact that um we there's just so many unknowns with the virus right i mean these new strains that are popping up um everywhere now there's a new strain found in, in germany this week you know not to mention the south african one and so forth so just how these strains um basically uh, develop and whether the vaccines at the moment, they seem fine, um, you know, they, they're working okay. But if that were to be, there were to be a shift there and let's say the vaccines don't, you know, we could very much find ourselves back in a risk or uh, position very easily. So keep a watchful eye, keep close to the desk. Um, but from Chris and I, I think that's where we'll wrap this one up until next time. Cheers, everyone.